0: Carol serves quite uh regularly at our church. You can come on up. Um yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> Carol uh Carol serves regularly and leads helps lead our fifty-five alive group and they're always active, always doing stuff. And um Carol had a story, I think you weren't I don't think you were going to share it at first, and then maybe Mr. Forth routed you out. I think that might have been the. Was that the way? How did that play out? Like, because I got the message from Dave. Okay, yeah. the The uh, stories have a funny way of finding their way <laughs> to the top and and uh, to the light. Speaking of
1: that, could I tell a story about yesterday?
0: Yeah, feel free.
1: There were we gave out 145 numbers. And we had, um, when we came down to the end, we were one turkey short. Oh,
0: I forgot.
1: And one of the workers needed a turkey, so we had set one aside for her. And she decided that she would give up that turkey and give it so that last 145th family could have a turkey. And so she did, and all the people were blessed. And... Within two or three minutes, day Fourth came over and he said, Sharon just texted me that they forgot another turkey in their freezer. And did they need it? So God provided exactly 145 turkeys. It was really
0: amazing. amazing. And now, the, cav- the caveat to this story, which I found out this morning, it's really interesting because if you were to go over and ask Dave Forth where that turkey came from, he would be hard pressed to tell you where that turkey came from because he was sure he bought three, only three turkeys, right? But this was the fourth and miraculous turkey that was found in the freezer. So I think Jesus is putting turkey, and Jesus is putting frozen turkeys in freezers? Is that what's going on? But, and he said, and I, this is not from last year. This was not last year's turkey. I promise I only bought three. So amazing. Such an amazing story. So good. Jesus provides frozen turkeys. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I heard, I heard about your story that you shared. And I, when I was praying this week and thinking about just, you know, you, you and bill and, and your your ministry, your service to the community um, one one word that just kept on coming to my mind was risk that you guys are um, you guys are committed to taking risk for the kingdom and saying yes and I wondered if you could share with us like what what does that look like because are are you an Extroverted person normally, or what does that normally look like in in your life?
1: If I'm in my comfort zone, I'm
0: extroverted, but out of it,
1: I'm I can jump back and be a little shy sometimes. Yeah, believe it or not.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So sometimes um, we step up, and other times I find myself stepping back and
0: not always risking. But yeah, I try to yeah. What do you feel when you? um, Well, why don't you share the story with us? What What was going? How long ago was this?
1: It's been a couple of months, maybe. I lose track of time. I don't know. Maybe three months. (laughs) Yeah. Four months. I don't know. And um, Bill and I were coming out of a doctor's appointment. We were at Southwest, and um, we were waiting for the elevator. And uh, an older European lady came up to us. Well, she came up to the elevator. And the first thing I noticed is she had an old-fashioned blouse on, like a cotton blouse, and she had big buttons. And she was misbuttoned. It was not aligned right. So she had missed a button, and and it looked really funny. So um, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was trying to decide whether to tell her that her blouse was buttoned wrong. And just then, she started to, to kind of moan and cry. And um, we asked her if she was okay, and she said that um, her she had pain in her back, and the doctors couldn't find out what was wrong with her, and that she just hurt so bad. So I'm looking at her buttons. She <laughs> <laughs> decided <laughs> to decide it would be really terribly rude if I told her I didn't know what to do. And um, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just kind of nudged me and said, well, pray for her. Hmm. And I was like, "But had of the ape. Yeah. And so um, Bill and I asked her if we could pray for her. And she said, are you Christians? And her eyes got real big. And um, we said, yes. And she said she was Catholic and that she prayed every day. And um, so right there... By the elevator, we um, laid hands on her and we prayed for for her back and just for peace for her. And I don't remember exactly what we said, but we prayed yeah. for healing for her. And um, I don't know if she was healed or not, if her back was healed, but she stopped crying. And we walked, we walked down with her to the exit and waited uh, for a few minutes while her son came to get her. And... Um, but she was calm then. Yeah. And she was peaceful. And so I don't know if she was healed, but I know it blessed her mm-hmm. because there was some God sent someone to pray for her. And it blessed Bill and I because we were obedient to the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah. It was- it's a wonderful story. And what I like about that interaction is that you you mentioned noticing like um, the buttons, or whatever. And that was, like, really big in in the story as you were uh, typing it out and sharing it. And um, I felt like I could relate to that feeling of, like, um, am I just noticing this because, like, you know, it's obviously, like, it's an obvious mistake. Or, like, she, you know, like, she mistook um, dressing herself because she was so upset in the day. And... Um, or is, like, the Holy Spirit, like, nudging me into, like, uh, joining his story, you know, or coming alongside of what God is already doing in this in this woman's life? And I felt like I could relate with that because there's so many situations in our day where we go about our day and we notice things about people, you know, like, uh, whether there's people we know or strangers, and I wonder how many of those you know encounters are meant to be divine encounters rather than you know noticing that a woman misbuttoned her shirt that day i mean what do you what do you think about that what What was going through your head as you're like um, was there like a wrestling of like i don't know should I say something about the button or should I say something about the holy spirit like what how does that play out? How does that decision play out to, like, actually say, yeah, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes and pray for this woman? How does that happen in your head?
1: When I first saw the buttons, I wasn't thinking about the Holy Spirit at all. Right. I wasn't part of it. I was just on her buttons. And then when she started to cry, I felt so bad for her. You know, she was obviously in pain. Hmm. I was still distracted by the buttons, though. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, sure. I, I know it was. Um, I think Bill probably was, too. Um, I, I didn't pick up right away that this was a God moment. I, I didn't. I was, yeah. I was on the buttons. And I don't think I was being critical. Right. I was just noticing them because it was like a help. I wanted yeah, you wanted to help. I wanted to help her, and I didn't know if it, it would be intrusive if, right. I, if I did that. But, I mean, the Holy Spirit actually had to speak to me before I got it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And what what do you think were some takeaways from that encounter with that woman? Like, how did you hear God speaking to you after after the whole situation ended? Um, What are some takeaways from that?
1: We we felt very blessed to have the opportunity to pray for somebody. And... um, I think I shared with you that I had not been going down to healing on the streets, even though I know I'm know i supposed to be doing that. <laughs> I haven't been going. And uh, you said, well, God will use you somewhere else. So, so we did. And I want to be more aware of things like that so I can be watchful. And, yeah. Because and, I want to step up and do the right thing. Yeah. And I want to do what God wants, so. Yeah. Just being more aware and and to look, actually
0: look for opportunities for people. Yeah. And I think he honors that heart. I mean, I know with with you and, with you and Bill, for sure, I, and don't you find, like, um, if there's, if there's ever, because I'm in those situations uh, quite a bit as well, and a lot of times, you know, I'm not like you, Carol. I'm like, whatever, I got to go about my day, and I'm doing this. I mean, if I'm honest, you know, it's like, um, and I don't feel like God, like, chastising me on the, after the situation has passed if I don't do anything, but I sure do feel like I've missed out on a blessing. You know, do you, is that what you find when, yeah. And so it's that challenge of, like, saying, you know, I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss out. I wanna like you were saying, I wanna do what Jesus wants me to to do and to step into and and I just felt like that was amazing and people people needed to be encouraged with that. You know, that we are as a as a congregation guys, we are committed to to stopping and noticing people, you know, and, and the frequency of those times that we that Vineyard Cleveland people that we walk uh in our day and we walk by, just walk by people and not notice them, that we want to see the frequency of those occurrences go down and the frequency of, like, noticing people and noticing the need that's around us and just being with people um, go up, you know, and I'm I'm just really happy that you're saying yes, that you and Bill are committed to saying yes to Jesus, you know, yeah amazing. Thank you for, for sharing, Carol. <laughs> I wanted to invite Brad up, my friend Brad Havens. Brad, uh, Brad's a, a great guy I've gotten to know over the, the course of the past year and a half or so. How you doing, buddy? Um, Brad works for the world champion Cleveland Cavaliers, world champions, <laughs> and, um, and is also uh, a very authentic guy who I've really gotten, had the honor of getting to know. Um, we meet together in, in Tremont quite a bit and hang out and going to be playing some guitar together, I guess. <laughs> Is the word so? I just enjoy enjoy doing life with Brad. He's a great guy, and he's an encouragement to me. Um, and I know uh, it's going to be encouragement to you today as well. Um, Brad, why don't you tell us a little bit um, about the past couple of months or what, how? I can't really talk about the last couple of months without
2: talking about the last couple of years. Um, it's I mean, God's been working in my heart for. Um, good to remember. I moved back to Cleveland about three years ago to take this job, and even before that time, God was already of to me, in, in some ways, just about about my life and about um, just the the depth of the relationships that I had, that I, that I had so many people that I knew and, and I was friendly with, but it was just really on my heart that I didn't actually know anyone, like, I, I couldn't really say that anyone, that I knew anyone or, or I guess because of that, that no one really knew me, that I just had all these shallow relationships that just weren't real. Um, So he was already working in in me in those ways as I moved here and was speaking to my heart about fear and how much control fear has over me and just how much of a struggle it is. Um, And it it was kind of during these times that... um, my wife and I were having troubles at the time. I, I've been married for 13 years, and, and my wife um, were having troubles, and finally she decided that she was she needed to leave, and she needed to just go and try to figure out if this marriage was something that she wanted to be a part of anymore. And So she left, and this is a year and a half ago, um, and we tried to work through it and talk, and work through it, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah but she decided to finalize it by eight months eight months ago and so it's been just it's just broken just completely and utterly broken
1: yeah
2: and God has been because just so much of my identity was tied up in that in that relationship and and what it was that was who I was was a husband and 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 a friend and and now all of a sudden you know she, she just not there anymore and, and I you know I go to work and, and I, I have friends and I have family that have just been absolutely wonderful but I come home and and it, it's still just me and, and it's just been just agonizing to, to find my way through that and and it's only by the grace of God and only because of the ways that he's been working in my heart and showing me the things like fear and showing me the just ways that I depend on myself or I depend on other people to fulfill me and my life, that He's he's starting the healing process. It, it hasn't been one of those miraculous healings. I feel like my story is not a miraculous healing. It's, it's a day-by-day sort of He's working in, in my heart and healing me and giving me hope and, and giving me a vision of something better. You know, I, I, I think about... <clears throat> what my future could entail and, and I have these visions, I have these things in mind that I, I think I want but, but it, then it kind of dawned on me I think God was to me at the time that you know the things you want may not make you happy and, and the things that you think are so important for all you know there's something so much better than that and and you need to just trust me you need to just trust that I have better things in store for you and that I can have hope in that, and whatever that entails, and and just just live that day by
0: day. Yeah, I know. As as we've been talking, I I just feel like um, you know, your journey is just marked with the sense of increasing hope and and authenticity as well. I mean, if I want, if I shared with with folks, whenever whenever we meet, it's not it's not like this thing of like. Brad, like, sweeping his problems underneath the rug, like you see some folks do as they're going through this. And I've I've really seen you commit to, um, one, uh, working working this thing out and reconciling as much as you can and laying it down at Jesus' feet. And um, in that, I'm like, dang, like, that's a lot of courage. It, It takes a lot of a lot of hope and courage to journey this thing the way that you are, and I just see. And then, and then we'll meet together again, and I'll just see um, how Jesus has met you as you've like decided to to do that. It's just so encouraging and inspiring to me. I know one one thing. Um, we we met the one time, and you were talking. You were saying, you know, it's just tough. Like at night, sometimes it's just it's just lonely and I find myself like vegging out watching TV or something and I was like man I feel like the same way sometimes (laughs) and um, you encouraged me and so and I picked up like a new hobby at night to like tie flies on the backside of that conversation can you talk us through a little bit about about that like what what that looked like for you
2: yeah I mean it it definitely started with with just the loneliness, and, and not not just the loneliness. It was just where my heart would go as a result of that. You know, if, if I was feeling alone or just unhappy, um, it, it just led me to dark places. You know, I was just becoming self-consumed with with the things that I felt like I needed, and the things that I felt like I, I just had to take in my own hands to make myself content or or, or things on those lines. It it just led me to to places of temptation that that I didn't want to be and didn't ultimately make me happy. Um, And so, I I just... um, A a friend actually recommended a a book to me that that I found so much comfort in. It's called The Cry of the Soul. And it it talks about Hmm. um, it's basically talking about emotions that we feel and how a lot of times in today's society, things like anger, things like fear, are things that were kind of taught to they're bad things they're things that we need to avoid um, but the book talks about fear and anger are, are really something that can if, if we can kind of let them let them be let them just exist and, and we can look at them they kind of point to where our soul is and, and what our focus is so so things like fear if we're feeling fear um, that's essentially us saying um, I don't trust God that he's going to be to take care of me in this situation. Um, and things like anger is kind of the opposite of that, where you're saying that um, I, I don't trust that God's going to take, take care of me, and so I need to take care of it myself, and I need to um, feel those things. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> um, so I started trying to, t- just to just be productive in, in my time and to, to use the skills that I have and use the talents that I have and, and the passions that I have, things like guitar and um, just just even friendships, you know, just trying to take time each night to think about different friends that I have and pray for them and, and maybe just write a letter and try to be involved in their life. I, I think I think those have all been really good ways that God has helped me to.
0: Yeah, yeah, that w- that was where I was going next is like, um, you're kind of sharing with us, like where where God's been in, in this whole process. Where is what does community look like through through all of this process for you? Where, where is where is community and other people in, in the church and brothers or, or sisters um, in the faith? Like where does that play a role? Um, it, I mean, it's huge. It's it's everything. I mean, because
2: you, you can exist as a, as a soul Christian kind of by yourself, but um, it takes other people. It takes other people being involved in your life. It takes being vulnerable to them in order for them to be vulnerable to you and, and be able to form those real connections. And, and um, yeah, just, just having people that can be there and can listen and can understand and, and love you despite everything that's going on and everything and and all your
0: brokenness is, it's everything. (laughs) Yeah. I remember, um, it might, it might've been the first time I met you. Do you you know what I'm talking about? Um, I met you, I I think it might've been, um, at Ben Barnhart's small group. I was going, Sarah and I were just new. And so we were going around visiting all the small groups and, um, I remember we talked about guitar amps and all of this, and I didn't really like know you. You know, we just like met, um, and now looking back at it, I'm just like, dang, that, like that that shows a lot of courage, you know, to show to show up and say at a small group, when when probably like sharing this is sharing your life and what's happening in your life is probably it's not probably it's what that's what you needed but it's probably not necessarily what you wanted to do but you committed and, I, and looking back now that i now that we know one another i look back at that time i'm like that takes a lot of courage to to show up and be vulnerable with other people yeah I'm working, right? <laughs> <laughs> i don't came from.
2: courageous person um but somehow god has given me the ability to to have that bonus and to i mean now anytime I, anybody asks me how i'm doing i just <laughs> i just share everything
3: because it's <laughs> there's no there's no purpose
2: it's it's just i mean it's it's who i am it's the things i'm struggling with and i, and I feel like god has put it on my heart too be able to share that with
0: people and to allow people to love me and, and vice versa and be able to love people. Yeah. So what about, what about now? Like, and for, for the future, where, what do you feel like, um, Jesus is, how, how is he leading you now? Um, in, you know, maybe the course, uh, it, we don't know what the future is going to look like. But what's Jesus saying to you now? Like, In these days? I'm definitely, um, it's patience.
2: It's, I, I'm in this, this in-between state um, where I'm still married, but my wife has, has made it perfectly clear that she's not, not wanting to be here anymore. Um, but the divorce is still in process you know, there are things in my life that, that I feel like I feel like I want and I feel like it is something that God's calling me to as far as marriage and relationship. Um, but but I I know that I'm I married and I'm I'm committed to my vows that I made, you know, regardless of where my wife is and so I want to stay true to those in that time. And so I, I just need to wait. I need to be patient and, and be in this time and feel these feelings and
0: And and just trust that God's going to take care of me when it's his time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted I wanted to thank you, Brad. Um, Brad. Brad didn't submit a story. I through prayer I sought Brad out because I felt like we we need to there's something that we can be encouraged by through his story. You know, something of hope for for the future. Um, Something of being. Seeking God and, and being content in unfinished things, or um, unreconciled things, or things that we can't make sense of, or any number of things that God is in those places too. He's not just in the um, you know the miraculous healing down on uh, West Twenty Fifth and Market Square Park, and you know he's not he's not just with you know the offering. To pray for a lady's back at the hospital, but he's also in pain, and Jesus is right there in suffering in the day to day, giving us hope, and freedom, and courage. And so I'm I'm really grateful that Brad. I I was like, you know, you don't you don't have to like take take a couple days and and think about it. And he said, okay. And I'm really grateful that you that you said yes because I feel like people are going to walk away and. Um, and feel encouraged for, for their future
2: I just want to say too, this, mo- this morning um, <clears throat> I've been reading through my Bible every morning and um, I was thinking about there's a passage that talks about um, for freedom, Christ has set you free that it, it was for freedom's sake that God made you free not for any other reason and I was thinking about that this morning and, and thinking about, I was trying to remember where that was and I literally turned the
0: next page and there it was, it, it was yeah. I felt like it was something that spoke to me this morning yeah, so good. And it's so encouraging too, like, um, you know, there's, there's Brad showing up yesterday carrying frozen turkeys out to people's cars. Come on, how good? It's just, it's speaking to, um, like, he, like, you can, you don't have to have, that's the whole thing with following Jesus is that we don't have everything together, but we get to serve in the middle of it. I mean, just think if like Brad chose or any, any of us chose to like get everything in order and have everything together before we said yes to Jesus, the, the kingdom wouldn't move forward ever. No one, no one would feel blessed. No one would feel served. And it's, and it's guys like Brad who say, you know, my life's not perfect. I, you know, it's far from perfect, I, but I'm saying yes to you, Jesus. I'm committed to saying yes and, um, and whatever that looks like, whether it's showing up to, to carry frozen turkeys <laughs> or going to a small group and choosing to be vulnerable with a, with a small group of people and praying for others on any number of occasions. You'll see Brad over there um, laying a hand on someone praying encouragement for people. Just it's just really great. And I want to encourage you, Brad, like um, you know, just as I do when we get together, like uh how you, you inspire me to want to follow Jesus more, you know, and and to have hope for for what's to come. And I know that um you'll continue to to walk uh out your faith in um in an authentic way that honors Jesus and um and also presses into community at the same time. It's just, I have no doubt that that's going to happen because, um, because Jesus is in you and he's working in you. I'm just so grateful for who you are, man. Thank you for being willing to share. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. I wanted to invite uh, Donnell, uh, Donnell has, <laughs> Donnell a delight, she's amazing, she's been, uh, Tom, Tom told me Donnell's story a couple days ago, I was like, oh, we gotta have Donnell share, so um, please welcome Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, tell me about Alpha a little bit, and how uh, you got involved with that.
4: Um, well, it definitely took. Sorry, my voice is a little raspy. I've been sick lately. Um, but <clears throat> with Alpha, um, definitely took a little encouraging to to uh, to do that. Just like me sitting here today, it took a little, <laughs> little encouraging. So it's definitely stepping out of my comfort zone, which is which is good. Um, but uh, Alpha was like it was a great eleven weeks. So um, it was a it was a great program to get together with people in our church and outside of our church, um, and I would have definitely recommended it to you know believers and non-believers and um, just uh, watching these um, wonderful videos and and um, having great conversation and just um, you know thinking and growing deeper and God and asking questions and. Um, it was a it was a good experience, <clears throat> and um, lately, I guess in my life, um, I've just been feeling like just stuck in my life, and not um, you know taking taking certain chances or just with my career, just feeling stuck or um, you know just not moving forward. <clears throat> and um, there there was a. Uh, a day in Alpha, where it was, it was a healing service in Alpha. So um, it was. It was. Uh, someone had told uh, God had spoke to somebody about like a lump on my neck. <coughs> Sorry, and um, it's and there's was, there's was lump there's swamp here and. I don't know where it came from. It was there for a month. I never really went to the doctor or really never even told anybody about it. I was just like obsessed with this lump on my neck. I'm just rubbing it like thinking It would just go away. Yeah. And um, so someone spoke to someone about this lump. So they started to pray for me.
0: This was last week or the week? This is like two weeks ago, right? Yeah. And so someone, during, someone had a word that there's somebody here with a lump yes. on their neck. Yes. Like they couldn't have known that.
4: Right, right. Because I, I didn't tell anybody and, you know, so. Uh, yeah. So I, get God was beginning to heal. I could just feel it, like, disappearing as I'm, like, still rubbing it. It's just it's disappearing. And then they just continued to pray and it was gone.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. So good. <laughs>
4: <clears throat> but like to me though um, that was definitely more than just like physical healing mm. that was like that was a really emotional um, emotional time in that moment and um, just just dwelling on that um, I think that was God just telling me that you know he sees me you know he hears mm-hmm. my prayers and no matter what struggles or that I'm going through, you know, that uh, he has uh, just bigger and better plans for me, you know, know, just how I've been feeling stuck lately and, you know, just that that simple gesture of, you know, someone praying for me and, yeah, getting physical healing, but from someone that had no idea, you know, (laughs) it's just God telling me that he sees me, he hears my prayers and, you know, he has bigger plans for my life.
0: Yeah more than what I am planning, so. Yeah, and I love that it happened in the context of, com- I'm, I'm always talking about community, I love it. Um, like, in the context of community that, you know, here, here's this group of people, you guys are committed to meeting every Thursday night, you know, here to talk about deep questions of faith and learn about how to share your faith. And so there's this, like, relationship that's being formed. And then, you know, the grand finale is that Jesus, like, smiles on you. It's like, I love that you're part of community. And, by the way, that little lump on your neck is, like, nothing. Like, I love that. Like, can you you share sort of, like, what that community, um, I'm trying to, like, what that felt like being a part of that and and then is is that what it felt like this sort of like crescendo kind of moment and then like wow god sees me god knows me like talk us through like the community aspect of alpha
4: um it's definitely encouraging you know there's just no you know there's no judgment when you come together with other people and you know you you discuss your thoughts and your feelings with everyone else, and um, so yeah, it's it's definitely encouraging to to get together. And,
0: yeah.
4: And share those things, and um, just to pray for others and healing, and um, yeah, I mean, there's it's amazing.
0: Yeah. And then how? I mean, other than the. The physical part of like the lump actually disappearing, how how is how did that encounter change you? Um, did, yeah, how did how did that encounter change you and how you view um, either faith or community or God or? Um. Well, you know, it just it just
4: makes me want to uh, grow deeper and. In- in a relationship with, with God, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have an understanding of, like, why things happen, why some people heal, like, some people don't, but, I don't know, for me, I just, it just, um, it just wants me to just grow closer to God, because I'm so thankful for that, for that physical healing, but, um, just also, just thankful for just that reminder. Mm-hmm. You know, that he that he knows what I'm going through, and he knows things that other people don't know. Mm-hmm. That he's just uh, just loving and mm-hmm.
0: good. He's so good. Yeah. I love it. It's like he knows um, he knows us and sees us in ways like you were saying, like no one else could possibly know. Mm-hmm. And he's just so good at like just the right time. You know, just the right time, like to uh, break into our situation, to our lives, to change us forever. It's just amazing. So, thank you so much for sharing your story. Isn't that encouraging, you guys? So good. Okay, so I invited Keith uh, to come share with us. It's really amazing what God is doing in. In the lives of Keith and Karen Miller, Keith and Karen are pretty great folks. Yeah, there you go, man. Um, Keith uh, is an excellent musician. Uh, Remember that band you were in, the Beatles? (laughs) You remember that time you were in that band? That was awesome, what you did there. Um, So... I wanted uh, Keith to share with you just, you know, what's been happening in, in their journey recently. Um, what can you tell us about the origins of like what God is doing in your heart with refugees? Um,
5: let's see. I want to say it was maybe a year ago, and I don't even remember how it came up, but I think someone showed like a video clip of of refugees, and it just... It really wrecked me. I don't really know where it, it kind of came out of left field. Um, but as I thought about it, it's to me, what is the most gripping is like when you hear refugee, that term, like all of a sudden it becomes, at least in my mind, it, it became like political, mm. you know? Um, kind of like evangelicals. That doesn't sort of mean evangelicals anymore. It means something with a political party And uh, I was thinking like, you know, kingdoms of the earth know you by a number, but God knows us by name. Uh. And just to think what it would go be like to be in a refugee camp and raising children and you're like, you're basically in prison. (laughs) You know, it's not like, I don't know if it's as bad as prison. I've never been to either really, but. Um just thinking of what that would be like and I wanted to get more involved and in kind of finding out how to help and how
0: I could help. Yeah. And I know um I remember having conversations with with you and Karen in in those days and thinking I don't know, as I was thinking this week, I was thinking about how your your journey to serve sort of is parallel with your journey together as a couple and learning about learning about your identity as sons and daughters and um, I'm like, man, that's really powerful like um, as they're rediscovering like their sonship or you know whatever they're also caring for those who are refugees a lot of times are orphans and i I just thought that's wonderful how God is weaving that part of your story into. Your ministry.
5: Yeah, I mean, it, it, really, um, it really came out of left field for us. Um, like we weren't the, expecting to oh, yeah, yeah, feel yeah. that I, way. I mean, I didn't really even know. I just, again, I knew refugees in the term of like you hear like someone complain about shouldn't let refugees in. and there were, We went through a, um, Karen didn't, but I got a chance to go to uh, refugee training. And, like, my first thought was, what does it look like to, like, help out a refugee? I thought, like, maybe would you have to, like, have them come live with you or, like, give up <laughs> a guest room or something? And it wasn't anything close to that. First, I learned that um, there's a difference between a refugee and an asylum seeker. So an asylum seeker basically throws their at the mercy of a country, um, hoping that they would take them in. Refugees have, they're, they're different than a, even, they're, they're, they're being persecuted for one reason or the other, usually with, with war, and they actually have, they've been invited by the country to come in. They have a clear path to citizenship. Um, the money that they take to like, get on their feet, that's all loaned to them, and overwhelming majority of them go on to be very productive citizens of our country. And, um, you know, so what we do is we just kind of help them with uh, everyday things that we take for granted. Like, they had no idea what, um, I think they knew what a library was, but they had no idea, (laughs) like, how to get a library card. We help them um, get, like, a library card, and um, we help them, gosh, they had never seen a puzzle before. I mean, the simplest (laughs) things you can ever think of, like, they've... They don't know much about. So we're here to, like, kind of aid them into not doing for them, but to come alongside them mm. to help them, you know, adjust to culture and, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about um, the challenges that have been involved. Because you've taken, tell us about the, uh, you've been assigned a family, right? Is that yeah. correct? And so, then go into some of the challenges about what, what is yeah. that like? Yeah, so
5: uh, Pete... And his family, and our family, we kind of take, we have been assigned one family. They're from the Congo. And so we'll go one week, and then the last ones we'll go the next week. But um, it's really challenging. Like, the head of the house doesn't speak much English. So even though, like, you're like, do you know what I mean? He'll nod, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I don't know if he really (laughs) knows what we're saying. (laughs) And we really haven't gotten very far in the relationship. Um, Just, you know, there's, I know they're trying to find work. And I still don't, I think the communication, I think, is still a big barrier. And, like, again, how we take things for granted. Like, you know, if I'm coming to your house, I'll send you a text or call you. And somehow that is, uh, it's lost somehow. (laughs) So that's been the biggest challenge is, is trying to, like, carve out, you know, it's, we're coming the same time every week. Make sure that you're home or someone's home. And But then so aside from that, it's, you know, it's still a learning, like, what do we actually do here? You have to, because they can't communicate with you, like, what they need help with. So you kind of have to sort of, at least that's how I do it. I'm trying to think, like, what do you need help with? But that's been sort of the biggest challenge is coordinating schedules and... Um, and the language is still pretty tough, but we're working through it. It's, yeah. it's getting there. Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah it's crazy because um, you know, that's what, in really apparent and obvious ways, like there's sort of some uh, opposition that happens just in because of the cultural barriers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of times folks in the church will like super spiritualize uh, opposition or whatever, and Call it spiritual warfare, but you 're like uh, he can 't speak english like it's <laughs> that 's a really obvious barrier that 's in the way of um, you know the Ministry of re- reconciliation or caring for refugees that 's you know a, a real barrier, and so it takes like a it takes a courage and it takes hope a lot of hope and faith to like battle through some of those <laughs> Barriers to get to the good stuff. What does that look like well, for you? There's never really any
5: fear of saying anything wrong because
0: <laughs> they may not catch <laughs> it, you know?
5: <laughs> um but yeah, it, it's you know what's I feel like the the biggest connection I felt is um again, so you're thinking like someone from the Congo, they don't I wouldn't expect that they had smartphones, but they did. And uh the one guy, um I think it was the Stephen's son-in-law. He lives in the apartment downstairs, and um, we got to talking about church, and I found out that Stephen is uh, one of uh, the pastors at his church. They pastor a church here in Cleveland somewhere, and like, he sent me a link on YouTube, which I thought, man, how do you? <laughs> it was just weird to me, you know. Yeah. Like, you just, I, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's me. You think of, uh, got all these like connotations that come with it, and then. Wow, oh, they had like they can send a link on YouTube. But anyway, he sent us a uh, YouTube link about it was of their um, their church service. And that was really really cool. Just to like listen to like how they worship and it was very like it was um, it was very uh, celebratory. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was pretty cool. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely want to go check that out. But that's something like I'm hoping that we can build upon and you know relate to each other because i know uh this guy uh, augustine is is his son-in-law he plays guitar at his church which was way different than like guitar Uh, here they're like always it's like always playing some sort of melodies yeah it's really neat yeah but um but yeah i'm I'm interested in exploring that maybe that's uh where the culture you know Mm -hmm. will collide Mm -hmm. somewhere somehow
0: yeah so where where is god in this you know, it's like you, like it's, there's practical stuff, like, you know, you're helping a dude get a library card, right? But where, like, what's, how's God changing, how's God changing you in this? Like, how, how are you different in this sense, saying yes?
5: Well, it sounds kind of dumb, but, um, <laughs> like, God is not just God of America, like, the same way he cares for us he cares for those that are growing up in a refugee camp and he's close to them just like he's close to us and I think that for me gets overlooked it's easy to overlook and that um, you know that we're, this is this is really um, how his kingdom is coming it's it's um, that Jesus is the one who unites us all um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 changing me that I'm 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 more focused on what, um, well, when you think of like Jesus' kingdom, it always feel like and I always say like the now and the not yet, Mm -hmm. but it it seems like it can if you if you don't focus on it, it will seem like the the not yet, like more of the Uh, not yet. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, this is this is how Jesus is building his kingdom with. Um, the least of us really
0: mm. so wonderful yeah. so good well i'm I'm super grateful for you keith and as you and Karen continue to say yes, and Pete and Lydia, as you guys say yes to god's call on on our church to care for um who we would see as the other or uh for the orphan and the refugee, you, you know you guys are taking literal steps towards being the literal hands and feet of Jesus. You know, you're, you're saying yes, and, and that costs you. It costs you in time and resources, and so we're, uh, I, I'm just really grateful that you're, that you're saying yes, and you're, you, inspire, you inspire me and encourage me in saying, saying yes to Jesus like you do, so I'm really grateful for you, man. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Good. <laughs> the next person I wanted to invite, uh, uh, she's just so super dear to to Sarah and I. Um, she and her husband have been coming to Vineyard for years and years. And um, you and I uh, work together to support uh, their ministry together as a couple um, and prayer and prayer. Uh, and as a church, we, we support them. But I wanted to invite Mickey Michelson up to share with you what God has been doing in her journey recently. So would you welcome Mickey? Hello. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good, good. good. Um, so Mickey... Uh, it it seems like God's always doing stuff in your life. <laughs> I love it. I can't keep up with the stories. I love it. Um, but Mickey shared a story recently, and um, and I shared it with the congregation. And I'm like, well, what are we going to talk about on Sunday? Um, she's like, well, that's old. Like, there's so much stuff that's happening. And you've already shared that. And there's so much stuff that's happening now. Like, let's share the new stuff. I'm like, yeah. Most, the majority of time, we have to remind people that that story is too old. You, there's just no problem of that with you. Because you've always got these fresh stories of God's activity in your life. It's wonderful. So tell us what's happening in Sanctuary... And tell us where God is is moving right now.
3: Well, first of all, in case you don't know, I drive a paratransit bus. And so the people that get on my bus every time I work are the least of these. I mean, I work with the elderly and the handicapped. And so there's always people getting on the bus that need prayer. (laughs) And they are humbled by their many years and by their circumstances so I'd say 90 percent of them are open to prayer and um, say yes. I'd say it's even higher percentage than that. Uh, as a matter of fact, in the two years that I've been doing this job, there's only been one person that ever reported me for praying for them, and it was a woman who um, got on my bus and was having chest pains. And couldn't breathe. And so I, I, didn't even, I didn't remember to ask her if I could pray for her. I just began praying for her because I was concerned that she could die on my bus. <laughs> and um, it turned out she was not uh, happy with that. And so I was reported. My, my uh, supervisor came to me and said that she had reported me. But every other person over the two years that I've offered that has gotten on the bus, that was in pain or that was struggling in any way, Um, that I said, may I pray for you? They have all said yes, so that's why I have so many stories, because um, I work in a job where people are needing prayer and wanting prayer. (laughs) (laughs) But the one that happened that Pastor shared was absolutely phenomenal to my heart as well. Uh, This woman that I've picked up several times before um, had been in an accident, and her knees had been shoved under the dashboard of the car and she'd had so many surgeries on her knees that there was no cartilage left in the bones in her knees. And even getting into the bus, climbing onto it, she was in agony and I just said, her name's Patricia. I said, Patricia, when I get you to the clinic, would you allow me uh, before I drop you off to pray for you? And she said, oh yes, definitely. So we got to the Cleveland Clinic, and um, I went around the other side of the bus and just opened the door and began commanding cartilage to form between her bones. And I would stop, like Robbie taught us, I would stop every few minutes and just say, you know, is it still a 10, or where is it? And she'd say, well, it's, it's amazing. She said, I, I can kind of lift my knee the first time. The second time, she said, the pain is down to it's probably a 2 or 3. I said, well, we're going to continue to pray until it's completely gone. So I prayed again, and she got out of the bus and was just almost doing a dance because (laughs) she said the pain is completely gone. She said my bad knee now feels better than than my other knee that was my (laughs) good knee.
0: (laughs) So good.
3: So I was jumping up and down outside the (laughs) clinic just praising God because it was just so amazing what God did to create, cartilage between the bones of her knee. And then, um, as far as what's going on in sanctuary, uh, Rick and I were just praising God this morning because uh, today is our 34th wedding anniversary. Hey! Thank you. Happy
0: anniversary.
3: We're praising God. Thank you. We were just saying this morning, like that one worship song, I think it's called Chasing You, that has the lyric that says... um, about, it's a wild, crazy adventure. <laughs> That's what we said. Lord, we thank you this morning for the wild, crazy adventure <laughs> our marriage has been for 34 years. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about that, for so many years after the Lord gave us the sanctuary ministry, um, Rick felt that he wasn't really a part of it. But just this past year, I was telling Pastor Eben, we have three or four couples that have committed their, themselves to one another. Two are officially engaged and have engagement rings on, and the other two are just saying that they are committed to one another. And this is what I was telling Pastor Evan: They have no paradigm for this. Yeah. The families in the Bel Air housing projects that our church has been involved in for probably 14 or 15 years are mostly matriarchies, where it's just a single parent home, and it's just one parent. So that these couples are, are committing to one another is just from our example yeah. and teaching them that that, is God's, that will bring God's That's blessings right. into their lives if, if they do it God's way. Yeah. So we give him all the glory. It's totally something Jesus is doing.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's one. Yeah. There's like no context there for like what marriage, yes. the way that God has intended it to be, is. Is, and it's just wonderful to hear. Um, another thing that's I think that's exciting um, is that Mickey and Rick are are wonderful musicians. I don't know if you guys know this or not. But um, recently, God has been, like, moving in them to play uh, music again, um, but, like, not in the church. And I'm like, oh, yeah, come on. So the other day, uh, when when they came to me and, and told me, like, what God is doing in their hearts with music, I was really excited because that's, like that's the Lord doing that in you guys. You know, like, looking out. You know, not just singing because you don't want to play in the church, but singing because you do want to play in bars. That's killer. That is, like, so good. Um, And I'm just curious. You played the other night, right? So what happened? What did—
3: well, I was praying for, because I had, told, I had told Pastor Eben that I heard a sermon from a pastor out in Redding, California, at Bethel, saying that she, had, um, she was a psychologist, but she also was an artist, and she said that uh, at the beginning of her, this ministry that the Lord gave her, she, was, she felt him telling her to go in the back of the church while uh, pa- the pastor was preaching and begin to paint. And she said when she painted, she did her art in the presence and for the glory of the, whole, of the Lord. Um, when people looked at the paintings that she produced during the sermon, yeah. they were healed. Mm-hmm. And so I said, Lord, I, you know I am singing for you. As a matter of fact, when I got this offer to go and, and sing this past Friday, at, uh, it was in Berea, it was at Bar 107 on Front Street in Berea. I said, Lord you know I am singing for your glory. As a matter of fact, I chose classic jazz songs that could all be sung to the Lord. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with classic jazz, but there's a song called All the Things You Are. And the the writer of the lyrics was definitely a poet. It starts out, You are the promised kiss of springtime That makes the lonely winter seem long You are the breathless hush of evening Trembles on the brink of a lovely dawn. Isn't that
0: gorgeous?
3: (laughs) And it can't really be sung for a person unless you're idolatrizing that person, you know, but it is a perfect worship song. And so I chose songs like that that could all be just encouraging for the people that came or that could be used that people wouldn't know that I was worshiping God. And I just said, Lord, Come and heal people. Deliver, save, whatever you want to do, you know, while I'm singing. And we didn't see any remarkable healings like the, the like Patricia on my bus. But Rick and I had wonderful conversations with people that I think were healing emotionally for people. Yeah. And uh, there was one couple that was a lesbian couple that was there. And uh, the one girl said to me, I feel... Um, she felt basically she was not worthy to, to be by me or something like that. And I said, sweetheart, God sees you as, as you know, acceptable and, right. love, and loves you. And, and you're acceptable in my eyes because he accepts you. That's right. And it was just, it just brought, you could just see in her eyes that that brought healing to her. So it, it just was a wonder. it was a wonderful evening. I had a blast. I was so glad that uh, Rick could be there with me and it just was and they invited us back there was so much favor on us uh, they invited us back i love so it so i'm giving giving god the glory and then i got a call so it just looks like god is opening this door that i'll be singing in the marketplace for the lord's glory so so good. i just plan on on doing that and and the lord is also giving me original music left and right i'm just being inspired constantly and so i'm just i'm just very excited
0: yeah so wonderful. Uh, one, one final question before I let you go, um, if you don't mind. I, I feel like uh, as I pray for you and, and Rick, and as I was preparing this week, I just felt like the one kind of theme with you guys, like you don't ever give up. Like you guys are faithful to the thing that God has called you to be. Both in presence and in doing, you know, with being in that line between like being and doing, and finding your place there in the kingdom, and um, you know, just that word of perseverance. Like, what if you could share with us, like, some perspective of like, like, how do you do that? How do you not give up in serving other people? Because I would imagine that you felt like it um, yes. quite a few times. But what <laughs> what perspective could you give us? Like, um, you know, maybe it's someone who's uh, considering giving up um, on a business, or giving up on a family, or giving up um, parenting, or or, or in a, in ministry. What what would you tell us? What what could you share with us
3: there? Well, um, basically, I've learned over the years that. Um, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, the answer is always Jesus. Um, Every time that I was ready to give up on one ministry or another or just struggling uh, at the beginning of our marriage, we were both so broken 34 years ago. I mean, we were just a mess, both of us. And um, I was telling the young people even in our sanctuary that we would never have stayed together. We would have been just another statistic mm-hmm. if it hadn't been for Jesus in our hearts. That going back to the Lord with everything, in, in your, he accepts us at our worst. He is always ready for us to, to come and give us just what we need, just when we need it. Hmm. And uh, years ago, I think some of you know that I, I started an inner healing prayer ministry that I first was a recipient of. That it was called Theophostic back then, but now it's called Transformation Prayer. And that ministry in itself taught me how close Jesus was to each of us in our brokenness, that he's especially close to us at those times when we are most broken, most wanting to give up, that is when his spirit comes closest to us. I saw uh, people so gravely, incredibly wounded with sexual abuse and satanic ritual abuse and all kinds of emotional and physical abuse come for inner healing prayer. And every time, and at the beginning I was so broken myself that it took, it, it helped to heal me, it helped to teach me that Jesus was safe because I Mm -hmm. saw him come so tenderly to each person who came for prayer that it, it calmed the inner places of my brokenness, and I was able to get more healing because I saw how tenderly and graciously he met and uniquely he met each person because each of us is like a unique masterpiece to the Lord. Each one of us is like a work of art to him. And so he meets each person uniquely and gently Mm -hmm. in our brokenness. And so that's the best advice I can give you. If you're struggling in your marriage, your business, in relationships, in any area of your life, take your woundedness to Jesus. Uh, in The the ugliness of it, because we can all be ugly, can't we? (laughs) Mm -hmm. We all have our ugliness and our brokenness but just go just the way you are to Jesus and just wait on him. That's what I learned from the transformation prayer is that when I go to the Lord in my brokenness, I just say, Lord, what do you want me to know? I just poured out all this ugliness to you. What would you like me to know? There has never been, over the last 34 years, there's never been a time when I came to the Lord like that that he hasn't spoken to me the truth that I needed to hear that set me free. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been one time. So good.
0: Well, let me be the first of probably many who have already, but who will say today, like, I want to be like you and Rick when I grow up. Aww. That's I want to <laughs> be like you and Rick. And we're grateful for who you are. Yeah. Um, we're grateful for, uh, for, your, for your life and, and your work. Um, and we know that what you and Rick are, are pouring out in, in these days and continue to pour out in the future will have um, impact on generations to come. Praise you are, God. yeah, praise God. And so we're, we're thankful for you and for Rick. Thanks for sharing your story, Mickey. You're so wonderful. Yeah, you. so good.
3: Mm-hmm. So we're for you. We feel
0: it. <laughs> Thank cool. um, I wanted to invite uh, Dave up to to share. Are we ready? Okay. Um, Dave, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. Um, my friend Dave and I take walks. We like to. Well, Dave's invited me in. I feel like honored that you'd invite me in. But Dave and I take walks in Rocky River Reservation, and he's got this little path that he's invited me to walk with him. And I, I feel like I learn at least five things each time I take a walk with Dave. Cause you're just like super intelligent and really caring and thoughtful. And so I learn, I, I, I feel like I learn at least five things every time I, I walk with you. And so it's like, our times together are really good. And it doesn't hurt that it's like beautiful autumn. Well, you wouldn't know it by today. But, um, you know, in Rocky River Reservation, how it's so wonderful. And the leaves are like falling. And we're talking about culture and ideas. And, you know, it's like, picturesque it's it's wonderful so i'm grateful that you've invited me into your world a little bit there it's been awesome
6: I've, I've been surprised amazed that you would drive all the way over for me on my schedule i really appreciate that oh man so but Maybe. i don't appreciate how you put the pressure on now that i'm supposed to like be super intelligent and
0: <laughs> it's like raise man, the bar of right after making it. I don't know how to respond to that <laughs> um, well uh dave Dave really didn't submit a story to me um, I or to the office. I sought Dave out um, as I was preparing and praying for like what this time together would look like. I felt like, gosh. Like if anyone's um, experiencing God in deep places right now, um, and could and folks would be encouraged by His story, it would be it would be Dave. Um, and so I wanted, I just wanted to ask, like, what God's been doing in your life
6: recently. So, are we giving the background to this stuff? To give, yeah. My, um, I know many of you know, um, but for those of you who don't know, my oldest son, Colin, took his life back in August. So, you know, just a, a crushing, very difficult, I shouldn't say crushing, should I? How does that go in 2 Corinthians? Because there's an experience that should be just crushing and is, but... Somehow we go through it anyway, you know, how, how Mickey was talking about how there's grace from the Lord. So, um, so that's the huge thing that's been going on in my life, and uh, there's different things that have come from that. One of the things is just the, the deep importance of relationship. Um, I have two sons, only two sons. And they're very different. And so that relationship that I had with Kotlin, that is unique. That is absolutely irreplaceable. And you can think about obviously in your own lives, you know, that you have those relationships and and uh, they're deeply significant for us. Um, when you think about <laughs> when you think about kind of the big picture of the meaning of life, and so forth, you think, you know, here here, God has always existed in relationship, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's what's really unique and special about our understanding as Christians—that He's always re- existed in relationship, and He created man. Um, he created man in His image, and then He said, "You know, here Adam is in an absolute perfect environment and uh, totally provided for." He has a relationship with God, and he says it's not good for man to be alone, right? So, you know, man, we need, um, it, it's just essential in our lives, the relationship is. Jobs are great, nice homes are great, cars are great, but, but relationship is so much deeper than that, and uh, it, it makes life rich, and our family has, has lost Some of its richness, because we lost Colin. There's the grandchildren that will never be. Dylan's now an only child. You know, there's there's never going to be that Thanksgiving where Dylan's kids are playing with their cousins that are Colin's kids. You know, so those things. um, Those things are so important. to our lives there's so much of the richness in our lives you go back to what Mickey was saying about um, you know their relationship and and the people in sanctuary um, you know committing themselves to each other and that's not really the paradigm they've seen and you know it takes you back to yes God has a certain plan for us and and his plan um, you know is is family and and richness and family, and it's, it's something to, to fight for and, and hold on to. Um, and then, of course, sometimes you can't, right? Um, the finality of, of Collins, the finality of him taking his, his life is just uh, irreparable, you know, in terms of, of the loss that, that we feel. So I wrote this incredibly sad, depressing song, and Evan graciously played it, and skillfully played it, at uh, Colin's funeral. And um, if you've ever written a song, good or bad, it doesn't matter if it's yours, it goes over and, and over in your head, right, and you sing that thing. And so I would go on over and over singing this very depressing song and God called me to write another, a new song that was quite different and um, this is important, the new, the new song is, the, the first lyrics are, my precious Colin with Jesus in heaven he wiped away your very last tear you were not broken defeated or shamed you are drinking deeply all that we long for here and You've been rescued by the king, you know, going into the chorus. And um, one day I had been, Marianne and Dylan and I were were talking, and something came up that brought up with Colin, and I was just kind of losing it. And I said, I just, I got to go be alone. And I go up in the office where I spend time with the Lord. And pretty quickly into it, the Lord rebuked me. So grieving father, right? And the Lord rebuked me. And this is really important for us. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to feel deeply, even though some of the feelings are um, just deep pain. I'm glad to be able to feel. But what the Lord rebuked me for was the way that I was grieving. You think of the scriptures. It says we should not grieve as those who have no hope. right? And the scriptures mm-hmm. say that, that, um, that Jesus conquered sin and death. He conquered death. Colin is not there in heaven um, broken, right? Jesus really conquered death. That means that, that Colin, who is in Jesus, is experiencing life, and he experiences the fullness of life. And uh, another part that comes with that is, is the scriptures say that um, we have overcome by the blood of the lamb, right? So, you know, in our lives, I mean, Colin, who was, who was brought to a point where he took his own life, he's overcome. That doesn't sound like an overcomer. But, but he has overcome. He's overcome because he put his faith in Jesus. And are you supposed to be asking me questions or I'm just going to go on, on? No. Okay.
4: Okay. <laughs>
6: Colin overcame. Um, Colin was in a church in Kent uh, called Zenos Christian Fellowship. The the pastor there is Keith McCallum. Keith was an old leader of mine from decades ago back in Columbus. I mean, I was like, you know, my hair was brown and blondish at the time (laughs) when he was my leader. And Keith called me and he said, you know, I have a message for you. Um, the devil took him out. It doesn't mean that Colin didn't make a decision. It doesn't mean God didn't allow it, but the devil took him out. And when you first hear that, you think, yeah, that's what, like, you know, that's funny. I was going to say, that's what like the Pentecostal sound like, and Keith is not at all Pentecostal. But, but as a Christian, we believe that there is opposition. We believe in the devil, right? And I'm pretty sure there's not going to be any suicide in heaven. In the kingdom of God, no suicide, right? So it's definitely a thing of the darkness. And so another thing that the Lord has just highlighted to me is that, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be able to feel deeply, and my emotions will, will take me in different places, but there, there has to be a boundary of, of the truth, because we do have, the, the devil will take us in our emotions, and um, a couple of times I found myself where he, he's taken me to really dark places where, um, you know, that end with, you're worthless, or you should just give up. Is that the voice of God? No. So it's so important that we have these boundaries that are truth, that Jesus conquered death, that we, all of us, every single person who is in Jesus, we overcome once we're in Jesus because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and we'll experience fullness of life. There's one other thing that plays into that. So in our conversations with, um, between me and, you know, just some of the older Christians that I was around in those early, early days, It would come up um, that, yeah, you know, sometimes I wish I could just go home now, you know, rather than, and they weren't talking about taking, I didn't bring it, they weren't talking about taking their lives, but, but, yeah, it'd be great to be in heaven, right? We have eternity to be with God in heaven, but this is the time where we need to fight, right? Darkness got a hold of Colin and, and won out in his particular situation. And like Keith would talk about how, you know, Colin was the one that, that would reach out to the person in their meetings that was sitting alone. Colin would be the one to be there, you know, for that person. Well, you know, when you do something like that, you're bringing light. Colin's not there to bring light to that person anymore. God will have to raise up somebody else or that person... You know, we'll sit there in their loneliness. Each of us in Jesus, we're, we're called to be light bearers. And we need to fight to the end to bring light to those who are in darkness. Amen. And then the day will come where we don't have to fight anymore and we go go home to heaven and we experience the fullness of life. But our place now is to hold on to that truth and fight to the... the I was gonna say bitter end, but it's not gonna be bitter, right? Fight to the sweet end when when our, our time is done and, and we get to be with Jesus too.
0: So good. If I could ask I know you, you touched on it at different points, like as you were sharing. Um, because I, I think like uh, the answer is like really obvious as you share. But where, you know, a lot of times we think about the movement of God, you know, and um, the movement of God is like in the healed, broken ankle at Market Square Park with healing on the streets, or the movement of God is like, um, you know, somebody giving their life to Jesus in the park or whatever, a stranger in the park. But I guess... I wanted to ask, like, where where is God in loss? You know, where is He in in suffering? Where is He in the pain of experiencing the loss? He touched, you spoke to it a little a little bit, but like, where? Because you know, like, where where is He in that? Where do you go with like questions and like, where is He in in the unfinished things of? of light, things that are left unfinished, you know?
6: Um, two things, just a, a simple thing. It, in the first few days, I, I mentioned the incredibly sad song. I also wrote An Incredibly Sad Lament. And it just all came out at once. I'm sitting there, I'm sobbing, so, and, and I'm writing, and the writing's almost illeg- illegible because I'm just sobbing so hard I felt loved and taken care of at the very same time that I'm there sobbing. And, um, and it, you know, I didn't, it didn't dawn on me till later that, you know, when people talk about how feeling other people's prayers, that's probably what that is, right? Because, um, it was just a very unusual circumstance. So, you know, I, I did get to experience just the closeness of the Lord in that, um, Then when you talk about the unfinished things and, you know, there's obviously there's just questions. You know, why? Well, there's there's all the whys, right? And um, a friend of Mary Ann's had recommended a book to her for me. And I read not the whole thing, but it had this thing in there about um, people either fight or flight. And in this circumstance, like some people would get mad at God. I would never, I'm not that person because at the, in the end, he's always going to be right, right? I'm very clear on that, That it's not going to be his fault. He's going to be right. I'm going to be wrong. I already read the book of Job. I know how that goes. <laughs> so I would not go there, right? So but the thing about the flight was interesting because temperamentally, that would be more me, right? And so what that person would do in a situation like this Okay, I know it's not God's fault, but I'm broken and this hurts. And the tendency would be to withdraw. And um, what I'm learning to do in this, it, this doesn't end with everything being put together and all the answers being, que- mm. the questions being answered. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm making a point um, to seek God's face in it. Even without having the answer, hmm. I look God in the face. I have it come up in my outlook reminders at work, you know, every so often. It says his face, so I'm sure it looked really weird to anybody, and coworker that saw it. But as a reminder, you know, that I want to live before God's face. Even though I don't understand and I certainly don't like, so good. Um, you know, lots of, not just common, I mean, I've had... You know, I could tell you other depressing stories. I've had some hard things in my life. I've had some amazing blessings, but I've also had some very hard things. And, you know, but in the midst of that, I know enough about God, the only father that I've ever known. I know enough about him to know that he's good. And so I'm going to seek his face and come into his presence and bring those things to him, whether I get the answer or not. That's what I do and that's what I do in the on taking care of things. That's good stuff. That's the good stuff right there.
0: I know, um, I was telling you the other day, um, Dave, Dave's just uh, been such an encouragement to me. Um, as he was sharing the song that he wrote with me, um, I just kept on thinking about uh, Luca, about my son. And how you you shared the the value of of relationship and how it's unique you know with every it's like this unique uh, synapse this unique firing between two points you know um and encourage me your your song <laughs> as depressing as it was. <laughs> Was an encouragement to me, to love, uh, love my son more. You know, like to to be thoughtful of um, the value of our relationship together. I think one of the lines in your song was about picking strawberries. You know, this little thing like picking strawberries with your son becomes this um, significant marker. In your life as a as a father, and so you know, it, it caused me to be thoughtful about my relationship with my son, and like, what are what are the markers that I'm setting up with Luca so that um, there's like substance, you know, some you know, in the future, and the and that happened yesterday as Kubo was, you know praying with Luca over that boy, it was like substance was coming forth. You know, it's like, that's the good stuff. And, and I love, like, um, you know, it's not about, like, getting an answer. I mean, I just, I feel like that's an encouragement to all of us, like, being comfortable with, um, not comfortable, that's the wrong word, um,
6: you hold on to what's good, right
0: Yeah, and be, being living before the face of God like doesn't living before his face doesn't mean that you're going to know why. Right. <laughs> Things transpire or don't happen.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know that relationship with, with God is like our other relationships are you know the um, you know, those closer relationships where you have to hold on to them in the midst of pain, in the midst of understanding and things aren't working the way you would like them to work. Um, It's just, it's another, it's just like that. If If you know that person loves you, like I know Marianne and I don't always see eye to eye on everything, but there's, you know, I know she loves me, I love her, we hold on to that. It's the same way with a with father. And it's, a, you know, that one's a little tough because you know that he does know <laughs> the <laughs> answers. You know, he could clarify that. But, you know, even biblically, there's stuff going on behind the scenes that spiritually that we get glimpses of, but we don't really um, understand. And I mentioned Job. You certainly, you know, it, that pulls back the curtain a little bit where it talks about the interchange between God and Satan, right? And, Je- and Job never knows that. And you see in, and, uh, in Ephesians where it talks, it, it gives the indication that all of this is a drama played out in front of the rulers and authorities and the heavenly places, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it just seems like, I guess what I believe is that God allows, well, certainly he left that with Job. He left it unknown for Job. It, um, but there's going to come a day where there's resolution. And for today, what faith means is it's faith in him. It's a personal faith. He's a person. Faith isn't a power inside of ourselves. Faith is really in a good. person. God. And I know he's good, and I know he's wise, and I know he's competent and powerful to do the things he set out. I don't understand why he let that. Colin take his life I don't understand why different ministry situations haven't gotten better I don't know why this needy person didn't get a job I don't know a lot of things but I know that much and so again it takes us back to relationship and trusting and you know and building and those those relationships so good like we all like trust and are building with you and just so happy you guys (laughs) and Sarah are here
0: So that, and that's where I wanted to close is, is just asking like, where is, uh, where is community in all of this? Where is, where's the church? I guess the, you know, the pert answer is like, well, thanks for the flowers and, and while those are like, you know, maybe some expected gifts for like someone who is going through loss um, they're they're not they're valuable in in what they mean to people <laughs> as well, um, you know. But where where is the church in all of this? Where is community? How have you experienced? Um,
6: we were that. so wonderfully supplied, provided for. McDowell's gave us steak. We had steak. <laughs> <laughs> we had steak. <laughs> Come on. <But laughs> did you really? Did you give him steak dinner? Oh, yeah, I st- did. It was yeah. so good. You know, people gave us food and that kind of stuff, but you think about Collins. <laughs> and their kids came up and gave me hugs the first Sunday Come morning, on. which was wonderful. But you think about Collins' funeral. I mean, the people that Mickey sang, right? Professional jazz oh, singer. that's right, yeah. And Evan sang and played just beautifully, and, you know, Tom, Tom and Tom's ways, you know, he emceed the whole thing wonderfully, Keith spoke powerfully, Um, um, the people from SPAN opened up their church to us because Xenos didn't have their own building, and they were just so gracious, and these people in the body of Christ that didn't know us are, you know, from their church, are serving food and just doing everything. We, we were so taken care of and are still taken care of. And, um, you know, people ask us how we're doing, and they're there for us. And um, Norma, she's staying here so she could be here this. She already went to first service, but she does that because she cares about us. Um, so, gosh, the, the body of Christ, to have people... That that love you and are there for you. It's just I I don't know how people do it, just kind of without, out there in the without, world.
0: And, yeah. yeah, yeah, amazing.
6: Well, I'm grateful for you,
0: Dave, and I think it's I think it's fair to say like well, I hope so. Anyway, I just want to say a cliche because <laughs> I can't I can never get away with those with you. Um, I think. It's not fair to say. I think it's great, like, um, that you, in the middle of, like, what's happening in your life, and in, in the life of your family, um, that the prayer group that's, that you lead um, is, like, so strong and healthy and prays for others. Like, it's not this thing of, like... Um, I don't know, it's just really, it's impactful to me that despite everything that's happening in Dave's life, that there's this commitment to other people that's happening simultaneously. It's like, you know, regardless of what's going on on in my life, I know that there's other people out there that need prayer and that the church needs to be covered in prayer. And so every Tuesday night, you know, there's Cindy, and there's Dave, and and they get together, and they pray for the church. The church, they pray for you every Tuesday night. And doesn't that feel good to know that there's a guy like Dave who lives, you know, living before the face of God, that there's a guy like Dave, that there's couples like Dave and Marianne, and, um, and Bill and Sandy, and And Tom and Anya, Mike and Rita, doesn't it feel good to know that there's couples that are praying for you, Bev and Tony? You know, of everything that's going on in their lives, they're still making time to pray for the church. That's amazing to me. That's the presence of Jesus. Only by the presence of Jesus can that happen. It's amazing. So I'm just really...
6: I'm grateful. You wanted to say yeah, something? Yeah, another thing that plays into that, and an image of that is, is, you know, in scripture, there is that idea of there is warfare going on and, you know, there is this incredibly important drama, a life, eternal life and death kind of drama going on. You, th- you think of a battle and you always hear about how a platoon, the people get so close, right, closer than a brother. You're in a fight. The, your friend, your your very close friend right next to you gets a bullet through the head that's not the time to just sit there in a puddle of tears you know there's important things going on and and you know it's it's important to like i'm not going to be one of those people that because colin died i'm going to miss i'm going to miss out on my my relationship with my wife that i'm going to miss out on my relationship with my other son, Dylan, that I'm going to, you know, let those things be spoiled. You know, there, there are important things that we need to fight for. Our lives are important. All of our lives are important. Man, so
0: good. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for being vulnerable and open to, to sharing today. I really I, I appreciate you, and I love you. I love you too, Evan. You're my friend. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. Well, um...